Hello out there, welcome back to Story Shed. This is episode 17. We are the children's storytelling podcast for children of all ages, adults too, police officers, piglets, ponies, anybody who wants to listen. Everybody is welcome. Sorry, it's been slightly longer than usual since the last episode. It's been a very busy period here at Story Shed Towers, but we are back and we're back with a story that was inspired by... Uh, it's a story that's inspired by a real-life event that I heard that involved a chef and a homeless man. So I hope you're going to enjoy it. This is episode 17, and it's called Downtown. Let's open that door. Story Shed. Episode 17, Downtown. Head down into town and you're likely to find people with jobs of every imaginable kind. There's the chap selling shoes in the huge department store or the man on the street sweeping rubbish from the floor. There's the police officer strolling around in her uniform so smart and the woman in the gallery displaying other people's art. There's the lady who bakes bread just like her mother and hers before that. And the man who puts tickets on cars who everybody seems to frown at. There's the chef who makes food for the mostly smiling restaurant guests. And the woman at the market selling socks, underpants and vests. And then there's all the people in all the offices looking a little unhappy, doing who knows what on computers, tappy, tap, tap, tappy. If you look in between the shops and offices, mind you, you might see someone without anything to do. Because in most big towns, or in any big city, no matter how old or important or pretty, there are people who don't have a job to go to. No shoes to sell or bread to bake or uniform of blue. They spend their nights on the streets, often alone, because... Not only do they not have a job, they don't have a home. No sofa or armchair or TV to stare at. No shower or toilet or bathroom mat. No drawer full of freshly washed socks. No wall on which to hang pictures or clocks. No cupboards full of tinned baked beans. No choice of umpteen different screens. Mark had been sleeping on the streets longer than he could remember. The night sky, his bedroom ceiling, from January through to December. He didn't want to, of course. This wasn't his ideal situation. He didn't want to sleep beneath a bridge at the train station. Bad luck seemed to follow Mark his whole life so far. His past seared on his heart as a permanent scar. From a very early age, Mark had no parents on which to rely. They found being a mum and dad too hard, no matter how much they tried. So Mark grew up living in all kinds of different places, looked after by all kinds of kind faces. There was old Mrs Cobbler, who cared for him as a toddler, and Mr and Mrs O'Toole, who made sure he was ready for school, and then the warm family home of the Keens where he lived during his teens. And finally, Helen and Bob, who helped him find his first job. 
After that, Mark was old enough to live on his own, to find his own way in this world into which we're all thrown. But Mark soon lost his job as a waiter in a restaurant. When it was shut down and turned into flats that nobody wants. He soon found a new job stacking crates in a factory. And for a little while he was perfectly happy. But he soon lost that job too. Fired for something that he just didn't do. Very soon, looking for work became a job in itself. Nobody cared, he was just another person left on the shelf. His money quickly dried up and he couldn't afford to pay for his flat. Mark packed up his things into one big rucksack and that was that. No job, no home, no money, no phone. For a while, he slept on the sofas of various people he knew. Spending his days stood in the job centre queue to only be told that there were no jobs appropriate for him and told by a man with a fake fixed grin. You see, if you don't have a home, it's hard to find a job in any office or school or factory or shop. And if you don't have a job, it's very hard to find a home, especially if it's just you and you alone. So when Mark ran out of friends who had a spare settee, there was only one place where he could flee. Down into town where he would find other people with jobs of every imaginable kind. The chap selling shoes in the huge department store, the man on the street sweeping rubbish from the floor, the police officer strolling around in her uniform so smart, and the woman in the gallery displaying other people's art, the lady who bakes bread just like her mother and hers before that, and the man who puts tickets on cars who everybody seems to frown at, and the chef who makes food for the mostly smiling restaurant guests, and the woman at the market selling socks, underpants and vests, and all those people in all the offices looking a little unhappy, doing who knows what on computers, tappy, tap, tap, tappy. Mark looked in between the shops and offices' mind, looking in between them in order to find a place to rest his head for the cold night, a place to wait for the golden sun so bright. So many months passed with Mark on the street, relying on the kindness of strangers he might meet. No sofa or armchair or TV to stare at, no shower or toilet or bathroom mat, no drawer full of freshly washed socks, no wall on which to hang pictures or clocks, no cupboards full of tinned baked beans, no choice of umpteen different screens. His home was an alleyway between a restaurant and a bank, at one end a bus stop and at the other end a taxi rank. The staff from the bank would enter and exit, hands in pockets, head down, making no eye contact, offering no smiles, their faces fixed in a frown. The staff from the restaurant, to Mark's words, were largely deaf. All except the man who worked in the kitchen, the chef. He would always say hi, offer a real smile, one with his eyes. Always ask how Mark was, offer him some simple supplies. Some toothpaste, a sandwich, many hot cups of tea. Some soap, a magazine or a blanket for his knees. One day, the chef had an idea that would change Mark's life. The chef thought that Mark had seen quite enough strife. So he decided to offer him a job in his restaurant. He asked him if this was something he would want. At first, Mark thought it was a joke. He couldn't quite believe his ears. He hadn't felt happiness and hope like this in who knows how many years. 
He jumped at the chance to turn his life around, jumped at the chance to have a job in this town. So the very next week, Mark was chopping onions and kneading bread. He had gone from spending his days on the streets to working instead, all because of the kindness of one stranger, who didn't see Mark as a threat or a danger. He saw him as a man who needed a helping hand, whose life hadn't panned out exactly as he'd planned. So now, if you go down into town, along with the shopkeepers, police officers and street cleaners, you are likely to find Mark chopping onions in the local restaurant, all because one chef decided to be kind. There we go, that was episode 17 of Storyshed Downtown, and we are now joined by our little helpers, Leo and Belle. Say hello, guys. Um, hello. Hi. And this is, in fact, going to be Leo's last episode of Storyshed. He started off as a little helper, then he became a medium helper, and now he's a too-big-for-the-podcast helper. So this is your last episode, isn't it, Leo? Yeah. yeah. How are you feeling? Fine. Okay. So fine. Okay, good. So here we go. Some questions about downtown. What are some of the jobs listed in that story that go on in that town? Um, so there's a police officer, people who like put tickets on cars and um like office workers that look grumpy all the time. Uh, cool. Anything else? Um the person who puts Tickets on people's cars, who everybody doesn't like. Uh, there's the. Did she say police? Oh, uh, okay, fine. Uh, the woman who makes bread. Yeah, okay. that her. That I was thinking of somebody who makes something. Super. Okay. Uh, why didn't Mark, the character in the story, why didn't he have a job? What had happened to him? Um, because he got kicked out of his jobs that he had, and then he didn't have. He didn't have enough money to pay for his flat, so he got kicked out of his home as well. So, And if you don't have a home, it's harder to get a job and get money. Super, perfect. Um, what are some of the things in the story, what are the, some of the things that you don't have if you're homeless? What are the, some, of the thing, some of the things that they're missing? A TV, a couch, an armchair and a shower. Mm-hmm. And a toilet and a... Um, a Bathroom mat. Yes, all the essentials. Can you imagine life without TV? No. <laughs> okay. Um, how did the chef in the story, how did he start off helping Mark? What kind of things did he help? He gave him, like, blankets, toothpaste, toothbrush, um, sandwiches, like, and... Super, and then eventually... Cups of tea. Cups of tea as well, and eventually what did he do? He gave him a job to work as a chef in the restaurant. Fantastic. So over the whole course of the story, how do you think Mark's emotions changed? Could you describe his emotions and how they changed over the story? Uh, some of the story at the start, he's like quite... He's happy, he's got a fine life, he's living with pe- different people, but that, that, like, and when he got a job, he was fine, but then when, he, when his job went, he, he's like feeling like sad emotional but then it went back up a bit because he got another job 
but then he went straight down like depressed because he because he uh, got fired for something he didn't do and yeah. it as Bo said it's hard to find another job when your money is running out and you don't have a house super and then eventually but how would he end the story how's he feeling then um, he's like he's happy his life is good he likes it and it's yeah good um so if there is an uh, an overall message to this story what do you think it might be so like if someone doesn't have the same amount of money as you it doesn't mean they're different like you treat everybody the same super treat people the way that you want to be treated terrific i think that's a good message to bow out on isn't it leo good so there we go that was little helper leo for the last time bell will still be joining us and probably Ida on the next episode as well but uh, how do you feel leo finishing the podcast fine okay good <laughs> and what was your favorite story overall we'll put you on the spot uh... there Jose No Way. Jose No Way. Super. Well, thank you very much. And, um, Belle, we'll see you on the next episode. Say bye-bye. Bye. And for the final time, Leo. See ya! There we go. Thank you very much to Leo and Belle. That was episode 17. Thank you for joining us. Um, And please remember to like and subscribe and share and write us a review and all those kind of things that help to keep StoryShed going. And um, we will see you next time for episode 18. See you then. Bye-bye.